the blast from our past network. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this month's episode of Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. I am one-third of the TV Obscura team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined as me, as always, my two brothers, Mother Mother, Zach, the Total Snacket Schaefer, and A. Diallo, the Armageddon Jackson. And we're joined this month by our other two brothers from our other mothers in the Great White North, <laughs> Tim and Dean, the hosts of Talking Back Podcast. And Dean is uh, one of the co-hosts of Return Revenge Resurrection. And you guys are here for Canadian TV Obscura Part 2. Part Dose. What's up, boys? Yeah, shouldn't it be do? It's Part Dose. Part Dose. Yeah. Yeah. French up here. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, Tim, how's it going, buddy? Good, good. Uh, thank you for having us. Um, I've been waiting for the invite for TV Obscura. I uh, enjoy listening and uh, looking forward to bringing some Canadian content. I know uh, the Action Action Boys, uh, they brought some stuff. They, uh, they brought some great stuff. Uh, Littlest Hobo, that's an all-time classic. Um, so yeah, just looking forward to sharing more of what we had up here when we were kids with, uh, with y'all. Nice. And real quick, uh, to mention Littlest Hobo, I was talking to one of my neighbors yesterday, uh, on a walk and they are from Canada and I mentioned this show and what we're doing. And I mentioned Littlest Hobo and they were like, yep, grew up with that one. And I was like, I kind of figured, um, Dean, how you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, yeah, really excited to be on this show. Action Action Guys took some good shows. Uh, we only actually had six shows in Canada, so we just had the other three. We just picked the other three. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what we, we get here today. Really quick side note on The Littlest Hobo. I used to get up at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday to watch that show, and I was 30 years old. Excellent. That's wow. how much That's I love fantastic. that show. Fantastic. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, it's a great show. It's it was a lot of fun and uh as we like to call it the why. uh the littlest heckin' good boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach and Diallo, are you guys ready to uh dig into these three shows here? I don't know why my voice went that way. Here. It was a question because you're concerned <laughs> that maybe maybe we're not already. Maybe to we're dig not into ready. some of these shows. <laughs> 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 I I guess uh, as long as we can all agree that bread plus sun plus snack equals raisins. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I, agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. So good. If we can all agree on that, yeah. then we're good to go. Oh man. Oh man. I have a lot. I have a lot to talk about. Just like that specific episode of that that game show. It's <laughs> gonna be the hot one. It's gonna be a lot of hot takes on that one. All right. So, uh, guys and gals, the three shows that we will be discussing 
the first one is The Hilarious House of Frightenstein, and that came out in 1971. Uh, then we're going to be talking about the game show called Talk About, um, and that came out, ooh, I forgot to write that down. Uh, I think it's in my main notes, but I think it was 80, 89. 80, 88. 88, okay. And finally, we are going to be talking about Freaky Stories, and I believe that came out in 98? 98. 89? 98. No, 98. 98, okay. I am so prepared. Sorry, just a quick correction. It's Frightenstein, not Frightenstein, because it's Frankenstein, not Frankenstein. It's like Bear. It's like Berenstein. Berenstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe we were gonna go with a young Frankenstein bit. I thought it was Frankenstein. Well, they were wrong, then, weren't they? I thought it was Igor. You know. Anyway. <laughs> and any well, maybe, young maybe Frankenstein I'm wrong, fans then. here? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm a young Frankenstein fan, but it's not my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Me oh, neither. Actually, yeah, it actually is my. What's favorite. yours? What's yours, Diallo? Diallo, what's your favorite Mel Brooks movie? Oh God! I you put me on the spot. Um, I mean, I I want to say Spaceballs, but that's like the obvious answer. So um, I actually History of the World part part is it part one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. History of the World part one. Yeah, I think that's my favorite actually. Cool. The well, Inquisition. You, what a show! I I actually <laughs> I have to say Spaceballs just because I watched it a hundred times when I was a kid. So I got I got to go with that. Yeah, same, Fair same enough. here. Tim, yeah, Tim. Spaceballs. Yeah. I got to go with it. It's so good. Yeah. I'm going with a, a kind of a kind of a tracks with my record on on pad. High anxiety. <laughs> I've, All never, right. I've never even seen I, that one, which also tracks with my angle on pad. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I'm bringing next month for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, to kick Not it off. Not high anxiety. <laughs> All right. Well, to kick it off. The Hilarious House of a Frightenstein, or Frightenstein, however you want to pronounce it. A <laughs> uh, little back history on it. Uh, the, the Hilarious House of Frightenstein is a Canadian children's television series, which was produced by Ontario's independent station CHCH-TV in 1971. It was syndicated both in Canada and internationally, and occasionally still appears in some television markets a quirky sketch comedy series that included some educational content amid its zany humor. The show's cast include Billy Van, Fishka Reyes, Guy Big, Mitch Markowitz, Julius Summer Miller, and Vincent Price. Horror icon Vincent Price started introductions for the show's various segments. Price was attracted to the project because he wanted to do something for kids, Filmed all of his nearly 400 segments in four days. <laughs> wow. Julius That's Summer crazy. Miller, an American scientist and TV personality, appeared in every episode. Although he put on a mad scientist persona, his segments featured straightforward, straightforward science lessons and experiments. On Canadian television stations, the show generally aired as a children's show in an after-school or weekend morning time slot. In the United States, however, many stations aired it in a late-night slot aimed primarily at college students. The show drew higher ratings than The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson among that demographic. Um, all the information I just got is from Wikipedia, but I actually found that last thing to be uh, pretty interesting because I can totally see people being stoned in college and watching this. Um, oh, yeah. But, Tim, since you brought this one to the show... 
kick us off, buddy. What is your nostalgia with it? Anywhere you want to take the conversation. Okay, well, I'm going to start the conversation off with an apology uh, for making everybody watch it. (laughs) Because without the nostalgia for this show, I could just see this being utterly unbearable. Um, It's just, it's so out there and uh, just zany. But I love the fact that this show even exists. That in 71, this could get greenlit, that they'd make this show. I feel like it's just such a piece of art um, I love it, but uh, to to the nostalgia, I mean, watching this as a kid, I don't think I knew what was going on half the time, but none of that mattered. You know, I was huge into the Universal Monsters as a kid, and this show is about, you know, the Count, a Dracula-like character, his sort of Frankenstein monster. Uh, there's a version of the Wolfman in this show. So that's everything that kind of drew me to this show in the first place. And then what made me stick around is like the charm that I found in this show as a child. Uh, like they, I feel like the humor most of the time misses. I, I might laugh once or twice, but a lot of this stuff is kind of over the head of a child. I feel like it might have worked better for the college students at that time. But I don't think this show really cares about any of that. They're just out there having a good time. The actors are having a good time. You know, you mentioned how quick Vincent Price did his pieces. The show itself, there were 130 episodes, and they filmed them all in a span of nine months, which works out to about, like, one episode every two days, which is just unbelievably quick. So I I feel like as we're watching these characters on screen, they're probably losing their mind with, like, how much they're doing of these same characters over and over again. And I don't know, there's just something fun and joyous that came across in their performances. Um, there's like so many different characters in this show. It, it never seemed to get boring in that regard. There's always somebody new popping up on screen, some new sketch that they're doing. Um, I probably could have just watched the show if it was like the Count and Igor, they're kind of the main plot. And I would have watched a show about that, but all these other characters doing these weird and bizarre bits, it just like captured my attention. Like as a child, there was never an opportunity to get bored in that show because something new was always happening. It kind of reminded me of like YouTube shorts nowadays and how kids are just captivated by the new, something new for a minute over and over and over again. And I felt like it had that, that feel to it. Um, you know, Sesame Street came out two years before this. And I really think that they were, you know, the creators of this show were just trying to make a similar type of show, but just in a completely wacky way. And yeah, it was uh, it was like an hour time slot where most of the shows that you'd get as a child were half an hour. So it just made it all that much more joyous to kind of sit down to this show because you knew you were going to be into it for quite a while and I had to bring this one to the table because this is this, the purest Canadian TV nostalgia that I have uh, from my childhood. Well, I know you're, uh, you're the same age as me. You were born in 78. So this came out in uh, 71. Did you, was it like in syndication, just in reruns at that point? Yep. I probably saw it when I was like seven, eight-ish around there. Like I feel like I was coming off of Sesame Street and kind of moving into this. It was just like a little bit more mature for for my age, but it was doing 
similar things. Uh, so it was kind of like a natural transition. But yeah, I mean, I as soon as um, a DVD set of this came out, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine years ago or something, I jumped all over that. So I have that. I still like to watch it. I have a hoodie, Hilarious House of Frankenstein hoodie. Um, I'm, I'm a lifer. Nice. It it does seem like something that would be on Adult Swim uh, at night that I back in college and I would have gotten stoned and watched it with my friends or something. Yeah. Um, Dean, do you have uh, any nostalgic uh, love for this one? Is this are you new to it? Uh, I thought I was going to be new to it when Tim mentioned it. But uh, something that happens often on our podcast, because Tim is older than me and um, we weren't really close when we were younger, but sometimes, you know, I'd get to watch something with him. These memories just get unlocked for me when he brings something to the table. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, like totally forgot that that existed in my life. But I must have watched that with you. So that's exactly what happened with this show. I turned it on. I knew all the characters. I remember seeing them all. Uh, yeah. So it was like it was still a little bit of a struggle to get through this <laughs> 48 minute episode. But I had to take a couple breaks. Uh, but still, I was like. I was locked in right away because I was curious of what I would remember and curious when a new character popped up, what that would unlock. Um, so yeah, I did have, I did have some nostalgia with it and uh, it was, it was nice. It was nice to watch it because of that. Okay. Okay. Um, as far as nostalgia on our side of things go, I can say I don't have any for it. Um, Diallo, do you have any nostalgia for, for this one at all? Uh, I don't have any nostalgia for the show, but I did, you know, I was looking at the cast because there was a, you know, obviously I saw Vincent Price and I rec- I felt like I recognized a few people. And uh, one of the people in it, his name is Billy Van, and he, I think he was a voice on the show that I used to watch actually called Eureka, and it was a Canadian show. Oh, yeah. So oh. Oh, yeah. there is my connection. <laughs> with, with nostalgia i was i was like oh yeah i remember i used to watch eureka and so i was happy i was happy about that uh zach I, any nostalgia for you zero nostalgia i've never seen this before but it's funny that diallo brings up billy van because he gets billed three times at the end of this uh uh, in the end credits and actually four times because he gets a bold <laughs> associate producer or executive producer just to let you know that Billy Van is the one. He's the man. He's the man. He, pl- he plays <laughs> 10 of the characters on the show. That tracks. Yeah. Was he, He's basically was he everybody. The, yeah. Was he the pet vet guy? Yep. Yeah. Because yep. that was horrifying. His, his face <laughs> was horrifying as the pet vet. He, I'll, I'll list them here. He's the Count. He's the Safari Guide. He's the Gorilla. He's Griselda gorilla. the Witch. He's the Librarian, the Maharishi, the Oracle, Dr. Pet Vet. He's the Singing Soldier, which we didn't get in this episode. And he's the Wolfman. So okay. like, he must have been on set probably, like I don't know, 18 hours a day for nine months straight, just doing all these different characters. Well, one of my notes, because you know, now that we're we're past nostalgia, we're just kind of getting into sort of general discussion of what we watched and everything. Uh, we all watched the same episode. Um, I don't think I wrote down the name of it, but we all watched the same one. I think it's just episode. episode. One, yeah. Okay. Um, first, right out of the gate, uh, I think I'm gonna maybe be a, a little bit of the outlier here. I very much enjoyed this, and maybe it's just my stoner brain. <laughs> Even though I watched it stone cold sober. It might still just be my stoner brain. I had a good time with it. Um, 
one thing I kind of didn't like was there was this constant beeping during the count scenes that drove me a little bit crazy. But other than that, I enjoyed how quick all the, like it, it kind of reminded me of you can't do that on television, which we talked about on part one of Canadian TV Obscura with um, the action action boys and how that could just kind of pow, 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 like goes right to the next one, right to the next one. And some of the little shorts are really quick and then there's no lead up to him like the monkey. I laughed like the second time I saw the monkey <laughs> and he got hit and he got knocked out. I was like, OK, I see where this is going. And I like that um, repetitions fun sometimes. Um, I was also impressed with how much makeup. They, like, for example, Pet Vet didn't need to have makeup, but he did. Like, almost every character that Billy Van played was wearing some sort of prosthetic and and all this kind of stuff. And honestly, I found that to be interesting, sometimes terrifying, sometimes amusing. But overall, I was impressed with what I perceived would be the amount of time that it took to actually do that. And... You didn't like for some characters, you didn't have to have that much prosthetics, but you're still doing it. So I'm like, okay, good on you. Um, Vincent Price never blinks once whenever he talks, which is pretty amazing. Um, but it's also great to see Vincent Price. Um, but yeah, this for me, I, I, I'm not going to go probably go search it out and, and you know, watch more, or get a DVD set, but I can, I could see myself. In college, getting high, watching this, laughing at how silly it was and everything. But at the same time, maybe learning something. Maybe some sort of knowledge would have busted through the weed haze and I would have learned something. And then, so I kind of dug that. I thought that this was kind of cool. And, you know, Tim, like you said, it, you know, it's a little bit like Sesame Street. And I could see why it would maybe be like a step up. Like you're like, okay, I'm older now. I can you know, I can watch something a bit more mature. And even though it's probably still around that, it kind of feels like, you, you know, it's the next logical step for like a an eight-year-old to go to next, nine-year-old. And you're like, okay, cool. So I had a fun time with it. I, I didn't hate it. I did not have a problem sitting through those 48 minutes at all. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Zach, uh, thoughts? So... First thing that popped in my head when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this is like a creepy version of Laugh-In with uh, the the kind of zany one-liner jokes and whatnot. But um, uh, I have a lot of notes here. Um, <laughs> Billy Van reminds me of Robert Picardo, like a low-rent Robert Picardo. <laughs> uh, maybe his his role he had in Explorers when he's in that sci-fi movie that they're watching at the drive-in. Um, yeah, this... Like, as bad as this show was, there's a charm about it, too. I think, Tim, you kind of you touched upon that a little bit. I love these, like, low-rent cable access type shows. I, I, there's something about... I'm, like, watching the set pieces. I'm watching um, the 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 cutaways that the transitions they use that are really interesting for that time we're talking the 70s so it was all kind of newish you know the fact that billy van billy van billy van billy van bold <laughs> plays like 28,000 characters on this show is pretty remarkable for the fact that they did over a 100 episodes if he didn't go mad from having to play these characters, then probably he was green when he died from all of the uh, paint that they would probably put over his body. Zach, do you think that um, at some point during those 100 episodes, when he went home, he looked in the mirror and said, who am I here? 
Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure there's many times where his wife was like, who are you? Who are you? He's like, I'm the, I'm the wolf man. Um, so I loved, uh, I actually loved that, the Mr. Wizard segment. It, it was, it was slow, but then I was like, oh, those pipes are cool. Oh, that's cool. That's, I never knew that. That's a cool science trick. The, um, the, the animal segment was cool. Like the dinosaur looking turtle was creepy looking and really awesome to look at. The pet vet was um, not awesome to look at. I, he was not awesome to look at, but that turtle was awesome to look at. I was like, that's a cool looking turtle. The, uh, the, the, like Richard Simmons, uh, meets William cat Superman, like the blonde Afro Superman. I was like, I want more of that guy who is, he's like, I'd rather eat kryptonite. And it was like a red foam piece. I'm like, you probably got cancer now from eating that piece of styrofoam, but good on you. I forgot to mention he was my favorite part because he was so like, that was a, he was a stoner. Like you could just sort of down. Yeah, totally. He was oh, yeah. my favorite part. I loved him. It was like Afro he was Superman. He's like greatest American hero. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah he was totally greatest American hero wearing a, a knockoff Superman costume. Yeah. Um, the, there was like a mosquito. I'm like, you actually made a mosquito kind of funny. <laughs> I never thought that was possible because I hate mosquitoes. That's probably the one bug I loathe the most on this planet. Um, Igor looked like a walking version of Shrek. At one point, he put on this accent. I'm like, it's. I think Mike Myers watched this back yeah, probably, in the day. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Uh, and Griselda was. I'm like, she's high as a kite, or he is, like <laughs> during those segments. And then the uh, the Oracle doing his um, uh, horoscope to cancers. My son is a cancer, and I'm like, actually, he's describing my son to a T with the uh, with the little descriptions of whatever the astrological thing was there. But um, I don't know. It was it's cheesy as hell, but. There's something charming about that. And, and in today's day, when everything's so polished and slick, uh, I, I, I appreciated it. It was 48, 48 minutes was rough. When I saw the call time, when the time, I'm like, oh, this thing's an hour. Oh, I thought it was going to be 25 minutes. Oh, my God. I better find the speed up button on YouTube. Fortunately, there is. And if you watch it at 1.25 speed, it's way more enjoyable. Mm. Well, I feel like Dean's pick sort of like offset it because his are like 15 minutes. So that was like so much easier. Um, Diallo, have at it, buddy. <laughs> I'm not gonna unleash. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pile on. It, I. I mean, you guys. I thought it was terrible, but <laughs> like it. And I. I have no no nostalgia for it at all. Um, it was way too long. Uh, it was too like it was too random for me. Like if that makes any sense. I also yeah. had no context. I didn't like when I clicked the button to watch it, I had no idea what I was going to be watching. So it took me a little bit to actually figure out what was actually happening. I didn't know if this was like a drama or a, like, I don't know. I had no idea. And I pretty quickly started to realize what it was. In some <laughs> ways it reminds me of like, like you were saying, like, you know, you, you graduate from Sesame street, like in the United States, I like my the next step up was like uh, electric company. And in some ways it reminded yes. me of that with like a little bit uh, like the sketches. Um, and then they right. had like uh, another show called Zoom um, that was out of Boston that kind of reminded me a little bit of that. But it was mostly like you can't do that on television. Um, it had that same DNA. And but it just 
I don't know. It was just like it was just way too random for me, and I just I I couldn't latch on to anything. And uh, one of the things uh, one of the things about it that made me kind of wonder. I mean, this was the first episode too, so I kind of figured it probably got a little bit better production wise, and like moving down the road, it probably was better because I noticed at the very beginning the whatever the guy that was dressed up as Dracula or whatever he. Like, he, it looked like they were ad-libbing. <laughs> like, he literally, I, like, what? I, I thought yeah. that. I thought that maybe there was some improv involved yeah. there. Yeah. Or or they just kind of maybe kind of talked over each other's lines, but they didn't have time yeah. to go back and, like, you know, they only really get one take on it, essentially. Yeah, so that's that kind of, that took me out a little bit, and it, but it happened more than once. And so I was just like, what's going on here, <laughs> you know? Um, I do. I was like, was this a live stage thing? Do they have a like? Is there an end game to the jokes? And like, I didn't know. So it was. I. I. You know. I don't have anything good to say at all. I really. Well, let me ask you. It was. Do, it was do you torture think, uh, watching this. Do you think it needed a laugh track too? It. Yeah. It. it if it had a laugh track to like cue me in, it might have felt a little bit better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, yeah. the U.S. You, uh, version had a laugh track. Television? Huh. The, the U.S. version, when they uh, ported it to the U.S., they added a laugh track. Yeah. Interesting. That says oh. something that it says, like, this says something about the weak-mindedness of Americans, I think, that we need, like, a laugh track. <laughs> that we need. So, yeah. Yeah. To it's know like, the laugh. you know. Oh, it was very popular in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like when they had, I remember, like, in uh, Eight is Enough had a laugh track, like, the first season, then they took it out. And then, That's yeah, right. and uh, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, there, there, and, and I don't like, I don't do drugs, and I, I drink pretty rarely, so I had nothing to lean on when I was watching it. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's rough, Diallo. That's rough. Yeah, <laughs> Dean, what were you gonna say, buddy? I was gonna say it almost had a laugh track because that first little improv they were doing, you could hear people off camera giggling. Yeah. Like yeah, it felt like laughing. it was like it had this energy to it, right? Where it's like, oh, this is the first thing. We put the costumes on. We're doing the thing. We're making the jokes. And, you know, they're doing the improv and uh, people off camera are laughing. And uh, it was, yeah, it, ha it had like an energy to it that uh, like I, I kind of went up and down as I was watching it where first I was like locked into these like these characters that I just knew somehow. Like I just recognized them. So I was like, oh, this is great. Then I realized that it was like kind of terrible and it was, you know, kind of that they were very fresh doing this and that it wasn't super polished. Um, and so then it, I kind of twisted the other way and enjoyed that kind of energy and just like enjoyed the, the like no retakes, you know, in like the science experiment, his like burner goes out and he's trying to light it and it's not lighting. That was so awesome. He just moves <laughs> on. Awesome. Like they're not going to cut and try that one again. They're just, yeah. Cause he was like, yeah. he's like, this is science. It, it yeah. things happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was and then so confused. Yeah, and then he grabs the like so really really tall pipe, and he says, "Oop, uh, almost doesn't fit in the studio." And it's like, "Oh, I don't think you were supposed to say studio. Yeah. I think you're in a castle right now." <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, but just yeah, like that like, whole thing. I was like, "Is this?" I, I was like, "Is this comedy?" And then it, I was like, "Is this a science show?" Like, what? Like, what? What's what, what's happening? And yeah, they, and the experiments didn't work, and I just I was confused. But yeah, uh, well, Diallo, it makes me realize, like, because I did the uh, the wikipedia notes before i watched it yeah so that kind of informed me that i was you know what i was yeah. sort of like in for and now i'm kind of like oh maybe i should have just gone in cold and like not and, and not knowing what was going to come because i kind of had an idea because of the yeah. notes. 
Yeah. I, I went in cold as well. And I noticed too, though, like, Initially, I wrote down hilarious question mark because it's more creepy than anything else initially. Um, and and seeing Vincent Price in that vein is always kind of fun. But, yeah, there's something about like just the, the like I said earlier, that low rent quality. Um, that that to me was like I, if this was 30 minutes long, I might have had an even more enjoyable experience. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with that. If it was thirty minutes long, I would have like really liked it. Um, it I still I still enjoyed it. it. It just reminded me of uh, Tim and I watch on on Christmas uh, for our podcast. We do a Christmas special and we watch a horrible Christmas movie. And and we're talking like movies from the sixties and seventies that are like this. That are just somebody dresses up in some costume and gives it their all. And it really reminded me of that. And we we love watching those movies, even though they're not you know they're not good movies. Um, and I just yeah, there was an energy to this show that. I dug, even though I had to kind of stop because it was a lot and, you know, go do something and then come back and keep continue watching. Um, but Vincent Price definitely felt like he was in a different show. <laughs> like he, did, he didn't know what show he was in. He recorded his things and they plopped them in because he is just so great, you know, so polished, so, uh, so on point. And then you go to like these guys being silly. Um, yeah, so oh, he man. felt a little out of place, but it was, it was always great when he was on screen because he was he was wonderful. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's so so many things that just like unlocked in my brain where like the gorilla thing coming out and getting hit in the head like that is something <laughs> I still remembered. I like it was one of those things where it's like, oh, what was where did I see that? Like a gorilla just came out and got hit. And I thought that was the funniest thing. And so to see it pop up like a couple of times, I was like, I can't believe it was this show. I can't believe it. The the stoner Superman was my favorite part, but Loki the gorilla was like my second favorite. Yeah, it was like, great. I loved it. That's, uh, that's some Tim, of the fun of your, it, so, sorry. That's some of the fun of like continuing to watch the show is because you know while the Count and Igor that's the main plot and they go through this story, all these other characters they do these reoccurring things and reoccurring jokes and you can get to you can sort of get to learn their personalities as the show goes on. Like that gorilla is in basically every episode. And in some form or another, getting hit with something and getting knocked out, whether it's mostly ping pong <laughs> balls. Sometimes it never it's gets other... old. That's a great bit. <laughs> yeah. It's and then like the, 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 the superhero stoner, that's like the character who's bringing you in and out of the commercial breaks. So you always get yeah. that. Um, that's some structure for you there. But um, I, I just wanted to. S- I... Sorry. Go ahead, Zach. No, I, I was just and I was going to tag on with the Oracle. I love how the Oracle like he, he ripped through his uh, notes with his f- uh, fingernails and he's like, oh, I've really got to do something about my nails. <laughs> Get a pedicure, like, med- manicure. Yeah, yeah. I noticed yeah, so that. Speaking to the improv that was probably going on in these shows as well. Yeah, I just wanted to speak to what Diallo said about kind of the randomness of the show. And I mean, I totally agree with it. It's just it, it feels like there's no formula to it. And I think with Billy Van playing so many characters and the elaborate makeup that they did, he must have filmed all of the scenes of each character in a chunk of time. So he probably did all the scenes of the count for a month. Then he did all the Griselda for a month and they're doing all these weird bits. And then they have to try to like piece that together and make an episode out of it. And you know, that would surely feel kind of uncohesive, which it does um but, but well, especially I, since we watching it on youtube we don't know where the commercial breaks were so i didn't know right. that the stoner superman was the bumper it just was a, it was something that was just inserted so i almost think that maybe 
having a like knowing where the commercial breaks are or even just having the commercials when you watched it originally probably added to the sense of momentum and you're like okay I understand like you kind of feel like these commercials are maybe bookending things but when you watch it like with no commercials on YouTube it's just a straight 48 minutes of non-stop <laughs> yeah. madness yeah an <laughs> example of where commercials could potentially help a show because you, you might need like that 3 minute breather just to like you know, center yourself again and pre yeah, prepare right, yourself for, for sure. what's about to come. Yeah. So I, w I want to ask you, Tim, because uh, you said you have the series on, on DVD. Um, the Wolfman character obviously is based on Wolfman Jack, the uh, the radio DJ. Yeah. Did they have music segments on this as 100%, well? 100%. Yeah. So um, the DVD set, oh, unfortunately, awesome. was only 13 episodes. That's all they put onto the set. But yeah, um, oh. what we missed out on is eventually with Wolfman, they get into him dancing like disco dancing to a psychedelic background um to a musical track in most of the most of the times that he shows up later on the show is just it's so wild and trippy but yeah he's amazing they, they do that yeah they take it a, like way further than just him as like this disc jockey that we saw in this episode all right <laughs> nice and and i'm i'm with y'all i kind of got the sense that maybe this will like it got better as it went along and they kind of like found their groove and you know him and the guy who plays uh, you know Igor or Igor like they probably started gelling and and you know finding their groove together and everything like that um but yeah I mean like I said I, I might be the outlier but I very much enjoyed it might be my stoner brain but I I thought it was a fun time um or also too I was what you know doing laundry and shit while I was watching it on my iPad so that might have helped as well too but uh you know it's <laughs> right maybe the show does need to be broken up a little bit and yeah and, I mean maybe 48 minutes straight of that is just it'll scramble your brains yeah. it was There's, uh like I I just imagine like it's I in in a way, I would have rather watched a later season episode rather than that, rather than this one, um, because as I was watching it, because it, it wasn't about the low budget for me. That's never a problem for me. It was it was the sketches themselves looked like they needed more work because the same the same um, setup is on. You can't do that uh, with television, right? Like it's very that shows pretty random from segment to segment and it jumps back and forth in around two, but it just, the sketches are, are more solid and they're like, the jokes are a little bit like more pointed and I could understand what was going on. But this one, like I said, I I'm watching a, an experiment experiment and it's one take and it doesn't work and they just kind of move on. And I'm like, what I, you know, I didn't understand what was happening. And I imagine after they did this one, you know, they kind of nailed it down a little bit more and more and more. And it was probably, it had to be good enough to, for people to watch it and for it to continue, continue to be on. But I did not like this episode at all. <laughs> and, to build, and to build off of that, Diallo, like when we watched uh, for uh, part one of the series, um, we didn't watch the first episode of You Can't Do That on Television, I think. Mm -hmm. I think we watched like one that was further down the line. So I would I would be curious to see if that also, it took them a little bit of time to, and hell, first episode of SNL, I'd be, I, I don't I don't know if I've ever actually seen that. I'd be curious to see if it took, you know, it takes shows a little bit of time to find their footing, especially when it's like this sort of setting, like one take, sort of improv type of thing. But mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. Um, that Zach, now you know how they're able to. Now you know how they're able to film one hundred and thirty-eight episodes because they never took. Uh, they never reshot anything. Exactly. Kept going. Yeah. Boom. 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 Keep Fix going. it in post. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. This isn't digital. <laughs> uh, Zach, did uh, Bodie watch this at all with you? Now he didn't watch any of these with me, but I. But he says, but, "Fuck Canada." <laughs> but uh, no, but but we but I we played talk about at dinner tonight, awesome. and that was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. nice, awesome! Well, that would be a good segue. That's a except good I'm not segue. ready for it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the king of them. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. If only Corey could keep it going. Uh, I do, but I do want to ask Tim. Um, have you shown your kids this at all? I have not. No, my my son would not be interested at all in this show. <laughs> so it's not, I'm not even. Your gonna son try. is also fuck Canada. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the jokes in this show are uh, phone humor, just like talking to someone on the other end of a phone, like on on a landline. <laughs> so he might not uh, he might not totally appreciate that kind of humor. <laughs> well, I, and I will say I have a. Uh, a toy called two XL. It's a, it, it plays eight track tapes. It's from the late seventies and they are trivia tapes. So this will also segue into talk about as well, because you can play like science. Que- he asks you science questions. When you pop the tape in this little robot, he'll talk to you and you push the buttons that correspond to the correct answer. And if you get it right, he moves on to the next one. If you get it wrong, he has some sort of joke. And there is one and it's called monsters, movie movies, monsters and mayhem or something. And uh, Dracula visits 2XL on this 8-track tape. And he's like, oh, 2XL, let me get a little bit closer to you, darling. And then he bites 2XL and he's like, oh, my, I broke a fang. And he's like, because I'm a robot. And the robot has like this New York kind of New Jersey accent to him. And it's, it's funny because the jokes are so corny. So corny and so dated. Like telephone jokes nowadays, you know. Right. Uh, and it's so cheese ball. Bodie grew up on that. Now he's nine and now he'll roll his eyes. But back when he was three, he thought it was cute as hell. So sh- show a three year old when they have, you know, no real awareness of what's going on in the world. <laughs> uh, and then play talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zach, uh, <laughs> you want to set it up again? What did you play at uh, dinner table with Bodie? <laughs> We played talk about, we actually, I gave, uh, I said to Bodie, I said, I said, give me words that would describe Santa Monica. My wife played as well. And so we started saying the beach, ocean, pier, Ferris wheel, trash, homelessness, (laughs) drugs. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. 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 Don't cancel me. Um, No, but, but, but I was like, as, as kind of bad as this show is, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about with talk about. Heck yeah. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. And now, back to the show. All right. Talk about 
This was a, a mutual one that uh, Tim and Dean both brought to the table. Um, Talk About is a game show produced in Canada by CBC Television, which bears some similarities to the board game Outburst. Originally produced by CB yes. by CBC for the 1988 to 1989 season, it was later picked up for American television syndication, airing from September 89 to March of 90, with repeats later airing on the USA Network from June to December of 93. Each team member was given 20 seconds to describe the subject, attempting to match as many keywords as possible in a list of 10 secretly chosen by the show's producers. If the team said every word, they scored 10 points and received a, a cash bonus. Uh, otherwise, the opposing team was shown the words that had not been said and could offer one guess as to the subject. A correct guess scored one point for each word that had been said, while a, miss, while a miss awarded the points to the first team. Play continues in this manner until one team reaches 15 points. The first team to do this won the game uh, and cash prize and advanced uh, to the bonus round, while the losing team received parting gifts. Um, I gotta say, uh, yeah, real quick, I'll, 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 you know, let you guys talk about your nostalgia for this, but I gotta say, um, when they won the $2,000, I, I did a little, I went online, did a, did a, one of those, um, inflation calculators and that's about $5,000 today. So that's not too shabby. That's exciting. Wow. Yeah, not bad. Um, this was a mutual one, but, uh, Dean, tell us, uh, tell us your nostalgia for Talk About. So I watched Talk About all the time as a kid. And while I was watching this episode and many more after, because I absolutely loved watching this episode that I kept going and watched episode after episode for three hours. And while I was wow, doing wow. that, while I was doing that, my wife was around and she said, so you watched this as a kid and liked it? And I did. I loved it. And she was trying to figure out where I would have watched it, how I would have watched it, why I chose that and not cartoons. And I don't know what it was, but I loved it. Loved it so much. So throwing it on, uh, seeing like the set. Oh, I remember like the booth they go into. I thought was so cool how it's like covered up at the beginning. And then later you get to see them back in the booth. I love their headphones listening to music, like all the small details about the show. I, I like my love for it just came out as I was watching it. And uh, I, I, I just really liked the simple the simplicity, maybe, because I because I liked it as a child. I like the simplicity of the game show of just name things about a topic. And then the other team, the steal was so interesting to me. The other team coming and trying to guess what the topic was. Uh, yeah. I, and then they're like really short games, too. So it just held my attention as a kid. And I I think what we by by talking through it with my wife, I think we might have figured out that maybe I watched it at my granny's house because, you know, she didn't have a lot of movies. And so you would just go and throw on the TV. She didn't have a lot of TV channels and you'd watch it on uh, on CBC watch talk about. So that might be what happened. Uh, but, yeah, I watch this all the time and uh, revisiting it for this. Uh, this show was delightful. Uh, you, you calling your grandma your granny was the sweetest thing that's ever been uttered on podcasting <laughs> after dark ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's true. Tim, what is your nostalgia with this one? Yeah, well, I can answer Dean's question, actually. I can tell him exactly where he would have seen this. Uh, it was not a granny's, by the way. Oh. But this was one of those weekday game shows that you only got to see if you stayed home sick. 
So it's like the it's like the uh, ah. Price is Right. It's like yeah. one of those. And and it came it came on at a time when there were no other cartoons. So like in Canada, you could get your cartoons in the morning. Then it moved into some Canadian game shows, and then it moved into soap operas. So the game shows were like the last little bit of time you'd be able to watch TV before mom would come and shut it off because we can't watch soap operas. So there was like maybe two, maybe three game shows that we'd get to watch. And this was one of them that was in there. So, you know, one of the great memories I have is because of that, you know, you you get to see it when you stay home. And I loved to stay home from school. You know, do you want to watch talk about and price is right? Or do you want to go to school? Well, I mean, that's obvious what you want to do, but (laughs) The choice is clear. Yeah, the choice is very clear. So, um, yeah, so like that's my nostalgia, just kind of being homesick, um, having it in that window of Canadian game shows. And there are some good Canadian game shows. You know, I, I always laugh because what they give away on Canadian game shows is so shitty that I'm surprised anybody would even <laughs> go on. Like, you're definitely not going on to win the prizes you're going on to be on tv you know because come on that yeah. vhs yeah. Uh, machine was yeah, yeah. what do you, you want you want to cool. do you want to play in the grand prize round for a vcr or like luggage <laughs> or you know pots it's just it's so stupid you know if you win the round you can win like 200 dollars maybe and it's just i it, it, but again like similar to um uh the frightenstein show the show just has some sort of charm to it um, you've got Wayne Cox, you know, the host, he's so nerdy and dorky, but so am I, you know, and like, just kind of revisiting that. I just, I liked him so much more now than I did then. He was just a bit too goofy then, but now I see he really had like a really great personality for this show. And he actually hosted another Canadian game show too. It was like a charades game that he was the host for, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just a really, really tight game show. Like, there's really no fluff to it. Everything makes sense. Um, it has good play-at-home value. And, yeah, like Dean was saying, it just it moves really, really fast. And there's always new people coming in. Um, it's tough to stay the champions because the game's kind of... It's a little bit random, and you, you don't know, like, what word you're going to get that you have to guess. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's that's kind of it. Yeah, that <laughs> Wayne Cox is the antithesis of Richard Dawson. He's the, the exact <laughs> opposite <laughs> of Richard Dawson. But, Very I mean, true. That's what I grew up on. Um, Family Feud was always my favorite game show uh, as a kid. But I feel like that was that was a nighttime game show. Um, Price is Right was definitely like I have the same nostalgic love for Price is Right because that's what we would watch when we'd stay home too. And, and in the states, it was kind of similar. You'd have the cartoons in the morning, then the game show, and then the 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 boring ass, you know, soap operas came on. You're like, I don't want to watch those. I'm done. No, with my toys. No, Charles <laughs> like, Charles like, wrong. <laughs> Days of our lives is the greatest show to ever grace our airwaves. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Correction. Um, but I have no nostalgic love for this, um, or I don't know anything about it. But I see what you're saying, and it, uh, how it has great home play value as well, where you can kind of go along with them, and then watching them sort of rapid fire try to say things like i i found enjoyment in that i was like that yeah. was interesting although i was kind of sometimes a little confused because um 
like they were trying to do San Francisco and they said streetcars. And then that, and I know he said it as one word, like a streetcar, but it came up as two street and car. And I was like, that feels like cheating, but okay, I'll let that slide. But again, I, I liked the the fast paced sort of nature of it when when it came time to actually and just to watch. I was infinitely fascinated by how people chose to talk and the weird body movements that they made <laughs> when they started rapid firing those keywords out. Um, right. Yeah. Diallo, what uh, you know, I have no nostalgia. Just you know, go into you know general discussion and everything. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have specific nostalgia for it, but it's just kind of like uh, watching The Littlest Hobo, which I had never seen. But I, as I was watching it, I felt like I had seen it before because um, it just everything about it felt familiar. That's how I felt yeah. watching this. Like it was like the era and time. Um, I just felt like I was watching um, like an American um, show because, you know, uh, it was not even just when you were homesick, but like in the summertime was when I would watch a lot of those those game shows. I remember like watching Sale of the Century, like all these other random ones that used to come on. And uh, so that's that's the kind of like the vibe I got while watching it. And I mean, it was enjoyable. I, I didn't quite understand what the rules were. And it's in some ways it seemed a little little too simple, but the rapid fire nature of it um, made it so that there was a strategy to it. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the two women, um, the one, I think it was Margaret is having an affair with the other woman's husband. That was, uh, Maureen, yeah. Yeah, great Maureen, looking yeah. husband, Mark. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like I actually wanted to like get on the internet and see like, if there was like some kind of like scandal, like old archived article from right. 1989 or whatever it was to see if that had went down because i was pretty sure i was pretty sure <laughs> that was yeah we all watched season one episode 120 and, and dean went further um very zach, much so <laughs> zach the, 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 the litter the litter nimoy one too like that it, it was weird because i like they had one she, of them was mister well she they had like star trek up there and like the, the yeah. they didn't get it i, I, I don't understand i don't well, know everyone that. also forgot that litter nimoy was also a musician as well with the the ballad of bilbo baggins and none of the answers for that was musician whatsoever yeah um hey man you, Zach, you get up on talk uh, about thoughts? you get on on talk about and then uh you you just you lose your brain right you're up there and the pressure's on yeah you're playing Lights, for tv cameras you're playing for 30 bucks and then you just right. your, your body motions start moving <laughs> yeah yeah you start freaking out and you can't you just can't recall <laughs> like you normally could the two guys the two other guys like they didn't they barely registered and they were just like oh well <laughs> i do wonder i do wonder if they had actors come in for certain days where they just didn't have enough like people volunteering for the episodes that is something i've always wondered because sometimes it just doesn't seem real between the two um the two teammates it it feels forced it oh, feels yeah. fake and i just wonder if that was a thing that second couple yeah. for sure. I, they was like the magician yeah. and it, yeah, he the was magicians, like the fiance. Was, she looked like a hostage. She definitely <laughs> didn't look like she was in love. So but Dean's got a funny story about my, the musician. Or the, the, I, the, I have the, a funny story about the magician. It blew my mind. So I watched, turned on this episode to watch. And as soon as they go to the magician, he hasn't said he's a magician yet. He just speaks. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I know exactly who this is. 
he was on Fool Us like a couple years ago, and it's like my favorite like Fool Us trick that's that's uh, that's ever happened. So it's you know, Fool Us is a magic show with Penn and Teller, and you try to you do a magic trick in front of them, try to fool them, and he does my favorite magic trick on that show, and I just recognized him from his like face and his voice, even though it's like. 30 or 35 years later how old like he doesn't look old in the fool us video i thought he would have been 40 then <laughs> and he's like wow. probably 20 here or something i don't know but like it just blew my mind i just gasped i said oh my god out loud i can't believe that sean farquhar and yeah he fooled penn and teller so he's he's amounted to a lot is he still married wow. to her uh, that I think uh, so. Uh, I don't know. She no wasn't way, on man. Fool Us. He I don't fooled Penn and Teller. Yeah, he's moving on now. He's moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach, buddy, thoughts, my man. So I, like you guys in America, grew up watching Price is Right and what was it? Um, Let's Make a Deal was the other one, right? And but I think I was always hooked on Price is Right because I would rather watch Diane Parkinson in the Showcase Showdown or the. You know, when they advertise going to some place that involves a bikini, that's, you know, (laughs) you get the rest of the picture there. Um, So I've never seen this show, but recently I've been on a kick of watching like 80s and 90s game shows for kids. So uh, uh, Paramount Plus has all of the original arcade shows from Nickelodeon where you got to go inside the video game. And Legends of the Hidden Temple, I think, is another one. Um, And those are so much fun to watch because you're (laughs) seeing kids talk about deer in the headlights. Like some of these contestants were on this show. The kids were the same way where they like froze up once the camera went on them. I think that to me was like, those are the legit contestants on the show. The ones who were, you know, super animated or like over the top, like that Alec guy, sorry, cowboy Alec, uh, who, who was a part of the returning, winners in the first episode they were the returning winners which i'm like how can you be a returning winner when it's the first episode whatever they sucked because <laughs> they they <laughs> they didn't get all the raisin uh the the one the category that they had to describe for everyone listening um was was raisins and they gave what like seven of the ten answers right and the last final answers and i said in the opening of the show was Bread, sun, snack. Those are the clues that you had to figure out that it was raisins. They didn't guess bread, sun, and snack, so it went over to the other group, Maureen and Denise. Maureen obviously wants to sleep with Denise's husband, <laughs> like Diallo was pointing out. And the your game show host says, bread, sun, snack. And they go, raisins? And I'm like, how in the hell do you guess raisins from bread, sun, snack? The other well, ones well, seem more obvious. The same to thing me. happened when when they had to pick like it was something in like West Side Story, and it was yeah. like he wasn't even done saying West Side Story, and they had already said it together in unison. I was like, were they prepped on the topic? Well, no, they didn't. They didn't get West Side Story because De- Denise and Maureen got nine of the yeah, there was like yeah one. nine of those, and the other one the the one they didn't get was Jets because Maureen kept right. saying Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, Puerto Ricans <laughs> and Mexicans, and I'm like, wow, this this lady. First of all, Denise was her hairdresser, and I'm like, Maureen's, you got to get a new hairdresser because. It wasn't working. And Maureen's in the entertainment industry or she's an agent or something like yeah. that, a talent agent. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, tracks. Uh, and she she yeah, Westside Story, they got all the 
things. And then the magicians got that clue. Their clue was jets. And they guessed airplanes, which actually, or airport or something, which kind of tracks. I'm like, that makes sense. Um, But Maureen was too fixated on people of color. So, you know, she was (laughs) like, but I, I just, I loved it because it was so uh, frenetic and, and, and also kind of like, I love that it, it was based or outburst came after it or around the same time. I was like, I want to get outburst now. I want to play this with our family and friends, you know, cause it was good times. Um, these shows to me though, these 80 shows are, are the best what I get out of it is watching people's fashion sense. Yes. Uh, yes. Watching how like terrible the, the plants are or how obvious it is, you know? And, and also I love how the host, he knew that the dude was a magician. He's like, Oh, I got a magic trick. And I'm like, Oh, is he going to pull out cards or something? <laughs> he pulls out a saw and I'm like, that's pretty funny, but not funny yeah. <laughs> at the same time too. The production's Anyways, like, we don't got time for this. We don't got time for this. <laughs> we got a saw. Yeah, yeah. We got to wrap it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyways, I thought I was entertained. Yeah, I was too. And I think I liked, I liked the host too. And I think we're all similar. We're, we're all, you know, kind of on the nerdy side of things when we were growing up and everything. So I kind of related to the host. I thought he had, there was a charm about him and, uh, but I definitely, I liked the the freneticness of it, like you said, Zach. I liked how f- I just like to see what people are gonna do when they're trying to rattle off all these words, and then they get flustered and their body starts doing all kinds of weird shit. And I'm like, you, <laughs> sh- you shouldn't be on TV. And poor Maureen looks like uh, looks like the lady that's like two weeks from oh, uh, God, I knew <laughs> oh, you were Total Recall. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> oh wow! I wish. As soon as you brought it, I was like, I was like, I know he's gonna say it. I know he's gonna say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maureen. I'm sorry. Cold-blooded. It's cold as ice. <laughs> oh my god, D- Dean, you kept watching it though. Like, uh, yeah. uh, like I mean, I assume it's. I mean, it stays similar, right? Like, not. I mean, they're all pretty much the same. But you're watching it for the people, right? I'm watching it for the people. I love the panic, like we're talking about. I love that they. Everybody has those two or three words like they have three seconds planned out and they're like ready to go <laughs> yeah but then they get them out right away and then there's 17 seconds left and they just make a fool of themselves just panicking saying the same thing over and over puerto ricans puerto going, ricans puerto yeah. ricans <laughs> yeah my god maureen simmer down now yeah. i mean it, it's <laughs> like family feud in that way right like you right go down, yeah. it's just like a faster paced family feud i guess and so yeah i've I, seen people do that on family feud like you just they just blank out for the words. And so. they start saying like literally the same word. Oh, you know, like, it's yeah. not it. That's not the word. Yeah. They, yeah. they keep, they <laughs> keep saying it. That's not the word. You're just racist. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was just like, uh, I got hooked right away. Um, what we kind of miss in this episode is how the second half of the bonus round plays out. So, cause we saw Maureen get all of the words, right? So there was no second half of the bonus round. So what happens is, um, However many you get, so say she only got six, now her partner gets six seconds to come out and try to guess just one of the words that she didn't say. So if you, oh. only, if you only get two, you, your partner only has two seconds, but they have eight words that, to choose from, or like they have eight words that they could hit in those two seconds. So yeah, it kind of balances it out. If you get nine, you got nine seconds, but they got one word that's up there that, to hit. And if that partner comes out and hits it, you double your money. So the reason why the round is 
$2,000 is because they got all 10 and then they just count the double the money as well. Um, so each word is like worth $100 in the regular bonus round. So if you get six, you're going to be at $600. Your partner comes out and you're like, nah, I don't think they can do it. You just get $600 and you move on. Well, because even in the, the description of the episode that you guys sent us, um, the link for, on YouTube, um, it, it's, it was like in a remarkable like bonus yeah. win you know, type of thing. Oh, yeah. So it's, I was like, oh, okay. I guess. It's super rare to see that $2,000 um, $2, win. Uh, that and like if you, win, if you win five games in a row, you become grand champions and they retire you. And that's another just extremely rare thing that I think, I mean, I've probably watched every episode to talk about, I think maybe twice there were grand champions and yeah, you know, you can count on a hand or two, how many people won the 2000. It's normally just, you know, the, the other side of the bonus round, where they're, where they're going for it or, or not going for it. They're, they're, they're taking the money. What Dean didn't mention is that. So if the person, let's say the person gets four of the words, then uh, Wayne Cox will show the remaining six words and then the person can decide if they think their partner will get one of those words. So they actually get to see what they are. Right. So, um, yeah, which, which kind of always left me thinking you could maybe somehow coordinate with your partner, like maybe not say the most obvious word, just leave that one on the board and try to say other words. And then your partner can come out and just try to say that most obvious word that maybe you've left up on the board and, and maybe score the, the double up. But yeah, you have a little bit of time to talk to your partner to decide the category, right? It could be like, it could be like uh, dogs and you could be like, don't say woof. <laughs> and then like go into the isolation bo- booth and then come out and the next person can say like bark or woof and get it right. I feel like all bets are off once the timer starts and all plans are out. Oh, the for window. sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just panic. It's that, just panic. It's after. Just well, pure, that's, that's it's when it's really panic. exciting, too, is when there's like they'll go for it like with one second. Maybe they, they've got one word and there's nine up there and they're like, let's just go for it. Like, what's one hundred dollars? Who yeah. cares? You have one second. And then the, the person will like spew out like six words in one second. Uh, those are always the fun ones, like, you know, one or two seconds. Or sometimes if they go for it with eight, you know, they have eight seconds and there's two words left. But maybe the the, the partner thought one of those two words is pretty obvious and they think they'll say it. And then you just watch that eight seconds just going down and the person is nowhere close to those words. And then yeah, they lose it. Um, yeah, there's some fun like dynamics going on with uh, with those bonus rounds. Yeah, yeah, there are certain topics that come up that are just like obviously um, an advantage to taking them. And that is songs, nursery rhymes, and something like we saw in the bonus round, like months, something where you can rattle off like January, February, March, April, yeah, May. She and you know off, that. And it, yeah. But like, it, she like two missed of them, September. Like, well, she it, missed September, but it, luckily it wasn't on there. How do you, really yeah. how do you choose me. months? It really bothered me. <laughs> Why do you choose one month over another? Why do you choose months? Yeah, yeah. why do you choose months over another? And like, and why did one month over another make it up on the board? You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and again, I was thrown off when they when he was like streetcars, and he got two of them with that. And I was like, yeah. I think that's he's referring to one thing. <laughs> one but I guess thing. Yeah, the judges have to be on the spot. There's no like doing it later. It's they got to be right now. Like yes, no, yes, no. The judges have to be yeah. sort of on it. Well, it, that, that show can yeah. Go ahead. Even that team with getting West Side Story. Um, the, the person who went first said Maria tonight, tonight. And they clicked Maria, Tony tonight. Like, so she got yeah. Tony, but she never said Tony. She said no. tonight, tonight. 
And that show opens you up to potentially seeing some really horrible things. <laughs> like when they were doing San Francisco and the guy and Alec is like, uh, lo- lots of homosexuals or lots, lots of gay people or something. And I'm like, whoa, watch yourself there, dude. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they were dating. <laughs> oh, they oh, were. Yeah, they totally were. He's, yeah. a, he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Yeah. He's he's a cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, I got to ask now, uh, Tim, are, are, when, when your son stays home uh, sick, is are, are game shows even a thing anymore these days for, for kids? No, no. It's all YouTube. That's taken over. Maybe that's my God fault. I didn't <laughs> I didn't do my job getting him into that type of stuff, but yeah, when he's home from school, do you tell him freaky stories? Uh, n- <laughs> no. Tell me more about that, Zach. No, you know what? I just uh, quickly say I don't I don't want to like as much as I love my nostalgia, what I've realized is that my nostalgia belongs to myself and I don't want to like yeah. push that on to him. Because <laughs> it's just he's not going to get it the same way that I did. It was a time and a place. And you know what? He's creating his own nostalgia for himself with what he's doing now. So, yeah, totally. Hey, everybody. Co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a second and say thank you to all of our Patreon members who help support the show. Each month, they get access to The Carpenter Factor, Wrap Up After Dark, and all kinds of other fun, exclusive content. You can sign up for our Patreon over at patreon.com slash podcastingafterdark. Again, that's patreon.com slash podcastingafterdark. Other ways you can help support the show and help us grow is leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We also have a merch store where you can pick up a t-shirt or two, as well as some other fun items. You can find every link to our podcatchers, to our merch store, to Patreon, everything at podcastingafterdark.com. That's podcastingafterdark.com. Now back to the show. Freaky stories. Dean brought this one to the table. Freaky stories is a Canadian animated anthology television series, which was originally broadcast by YTV. It is an animated show about urban legends hosted by two animatronic puppets, I don't believe we saw them in what we were watching. The link that yeah, we, no, we did. saw them. Did I? Yeah, the cockroach and the cockroach and the maggot. Did I blink? Um, oh, did you I miss them? And I didn't watch it on Tubi. I watched it if on you YouTube. Watch, if you watched on YouTube, they that that episode cuts out the maggot and the cockroach. Oh, oh no! Bummer. Okay. Really? Oh. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll continue this, and then I'll. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Larry Debug, a cockroach, voiced by James Rankin. I wonder if he's related to Rankin and Bass at all. Um, and his gooey sidekick, Maurice the Maggot, voiced by Dan Redican uh, in Ted's Diner. A 1940s-era setting staffed by Ro- Rosie the Waitress, voiced by Jane Eastwood, but never seen, uh, season one only. Um, it was often part of The Three Friends and Jerry when it aired on Fox Family. The series, uh, described as a Twilight Zone for kids, centers on the centers on the kind of myths and legends that are told as scary campfire or bedtime stories. Animation styles and musical scores varied with each half-hour episode, incorporating 20 different looks in the first season alone. The short stories and changing styles were specifically designed to keep 
viewers' attention span. Uh, Dean, you're the one that brought this one to the table, so kick it off. Yeah, so Freaky Stories. Um, I, when I was a kid, I loved anthology-type stories. But with a lot of anthology stories um, and a lot of eerie things, I liked eerie stories like where oh that was like the right place at the right time i can't believe that happened i really liked those types of stories and what you got with anthology and those eerie stories were a lot of horror things and i was way too afraid as a kid of horror to watch any of that stuff to watch the tales from the crypt to watch um you know even are you afraid of the dark another canadian show goosebumps like i couldn't even watch that stuff i was just afraid of it but Freaky Stories isn't about horror. It's just about these odd occurrences and these weird endings to these stories where something worked out in a certain way you didn't think it was going to. Uh, so I latched onto that. It was just one of my favorite shows as a kid. It's one of those things where you then, you know, go through your you know, teenage years and into your 20s and completely forget about it. And then later on in your life, like, oh, yeah, Freaky Stories. Like, what was that? I used to love that. Uh, so I had, you know sought out these these episodes and watch watch them um getting into my getting into being more of an adult and just loving loving the eeriness of it but also the like you said the different art in it and the different people telling the stories it always caught my interest they're very short stories which is good for me as a kid too just to you know that story's told in five to six minutes um or or even less and you get to that punchline you get to that eerie thing right away and then just to get to the the maggot and the cockroach like i also liked gooey weird things like uh kind of disgusting gross stuff um and so like that maggot i like loved i couldn't look away to like the gooiness the sound you can even hear like how disgusting that maggot is uh so yeah everything about freaky stories just like was right up my alley as a kid it was it was fulfilling that anthology creepy thing without having without scaring me without me having to like get into the horror to to get that out of it did you also watch the three friends and jerry as well uh, no. Okay. Because it just says, you know, the Wikipedia page says it was often uh, part of that show as well. So I don't oh, even no. know what that show is. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim, do you have any nostalgia for this one? Not really. Um, like in 98, you know, I was a couple years out of high school. So I wasn't really, you know, into the cartoon scene. Um, so I, I thought I would know nothing about this, but as soon as it started, like the, the, the bug and the maggot that for surely I have seen many times before. So I, I don't know, maybe just flipping through channels. I've seen them, but I don't remember any of the animation or the stories, but those two characters I've like for sure, 100% remembered them. Um, and I mean, they pop up a lot in each episode, you know, basically there's three or four stories in each 20 minute episode and they kind of have a little like a, a bit before each one of the episodes. So they're on screen, you know, three or four times. Uh, so they're, they, they get quite a bit of, you know, screen time. So I'm not surprised that I kind of caught them, you know, just probably flipping through channels, but yeah, no, I, I'd never seen one, one of these shows before, but uh, I, I really dug it. I, I wish, you know what? I wish I, watched it even in 98 i i would have been into this um i love the twilight zone i love you know st you know stories like this so yeah this one this one missed me and i'm actually kind of sad that it did 
yeah, so I, I'll, I'll elaborate. So I, on YouTube, the the link that you guys sent, because you sent you, the 2B one and the YouTube one, I was like, well, I'll just watch the, the YouTube one. And it was like every episode on that playlist was only like 16 minutes long. And I was like, okay. And it just went from animation to animation. It just like, there was nothing in between. So again, I, you know, doing this write up from the Wikipedia first, I was like, okay, it's part of that three friends and Jerry. So I guess these are just maybe little segments that were taken out. I didn't know that this whole thing was, you know, th- probably 30 minutes in total. Um, and, and I wouldn't, cause how would how would you make 16 minutes go to 30 but okay there i was missing like the beginning and the ending and like all those other segments in between um so i have nothing to contribute to that conversation um but i very much enjoyed what i saw i thought it was really really cool um i kind of feel the same way you do tim um i kind of wish i probably would have enjoyed this if i had seen it in 98 we're we're the same age so yeah we were both a couple years out of high school we weren't really watching you know cartoons as much back then although i still probably kind of was um but I think this one would have been really cool, and we'll we'll get into more of the general discussion and everything. Um, but uh, Diallo, did you watch yours on YouTube or Tubi? Yeah, you know I watched it on YouTube. I can't. I saw Tubi, and I was like, I'm. I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, I figured. If you I like hate Tubi? you, I'm gonna make you. If I hate you, I will put your favorite shows on Tubi and make you watch the same commercial <laughs> over and okay. over and over and over and gotcha. over. Again. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That does suck. <laughs> It's like a running kind of joke for me. I just don't, I don't like. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, yeah. So I watched the YouTube version. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. I did know. I did do the reading about the, the other characters, and I kind of was like, oh, I didn't see them, but I just, I didn't really think too much about it. But yeah, Same. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, 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 I liked it. I thought it was clever. I thought it was cool. I liked. Um, you know, I, I'm always like kind of hyped, like that era, like the '90s era of <laughs> animation for uh, cartoons. Wasn't a big, the biggest fan of, but I actually liked this one, and the style kind of reminded me of like it felt like it came out of like France or something. Like it had like it had like a different feel to it than I than what yeah. you normally see, like Spartacus. Um, sure. Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea. Oh, just yeah, similar. Yeah. Y- yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. So it just, it, yeah, it felt, um, yeah, that's right, with the little weird uh, alien dudes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it just it felt a little um, bit different, and it, so it had a little bit more of a, a, a flavor to it for me. Um, and I liked the, the little running, at least in this episode, the little run, and I'm pretty sure they did it, everyone, where it was like I heard it from a friend or Whatever they said. Yeah, they yeah. say that it, it happened every... to a friend of a. F- yeah, it happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Yeah, yes. yeah, I like that. I like that part. That was uh, pretty cool. This is a true story. Yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool, and they were like, you know, um, <laughs> for for my 2023, uh, uh, you know, short attention span because I watch too much TikTok now. It was great, and maybe that's why I didn't like the first one because because <laughs> <laughs> it was way too long. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool, and um, I would like I could I could see something like that like existing now, like um, you know coming back and little spurts here and there. So it was pretty cool, or just or just living on YouTube like as a like sort of a YouTube 
uh, short type of thing. Um, or just yeah. it kind of feels like people do that with, yeah, even urban legends now. Like I feel like that's something that people still do, just make little yeah. animations of the story that they're telling. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach, did um, did you have any <clears throat> nostalgic? For, did you know this existed at all? I, I did not. Uh, now I also want to watch Three Friends and Jerry because that looks uh, pretty good like it looks pretty interesting i wanted it it takes place in with a 10 year old kid and i'm uh, animated series i'm fascinated by it i watched this on tubi so uh i was able to get the cockroach and maggot and boy oh boy like i will say uh you know cronenberg being canadian that maggot is a cronenberg conception (laughs) that is cronenberg influence to the highest degree yeah. It's so disgusting. It looks like a penis. It's gross. It's so like an uncircumcised penis. It's it really does like a it's gross. What do you have and, against penises, Zach? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't have anything against it. I love that laugh. It. <laughs> but when they're talking to you, it's a little strange. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I have a problem with now. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 at one point they call Murray the Moocher, uh, which I thought was really funny. And it's a nice bumper in between the, the, the animated bits. The I don't really have any nostalgic connection to the show other than that, but it just, it harkens back, reminds me of like, if this was edgier, it would have been on MTV back in the day, you know, liquid um, TV. Like a liquid television yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Liquid television would have been a perfect place for this. If it was more geared towards an older audience, this is geared towards a, I would say tweener audience, you know, cause yeah. there's some things that could kind of scare younger kids maybe, yeah. but, uh, like 10 year olds, 11 year olds, they're not going to be scared by it. And then they'll watch it and maybe they'll listen to it and go, you know, uh, they'll tell that story. They'll go to school the next day. Oh, did you hear about the guy who, you know, siphoned gas and then he accidentally siphoned the gas, the septic line? Ugh. Like, that's that would be a great story to tell your friends. That was the third one, I think, right? Or the second so the third, one? The third, yeah, one. I think. Anyways. Uh, so. So what I thought was interesting, you could actually just listen to this. This could be even like an right. audio podcast because I liked how yeah. it was being like narrated as you're seeing what you're seeing. So it has this storytelling quality to it. Um, and the episode that we watched, season one, episode three, um, uh, I, the one story about the dog, the girl babysitting this house, and like the dog is there and it goes in and out of the house, the doggy door, and then she looks over and she realizes that you know it killed the the rabbit, the the house rabbit. So then she like she's like I don't want to lose my job, so she cleans up this dead rabbit, puts it back in the cage. The family comes home, they seize the dead rabbit, they scream. The mom passes out because. The rabbit has been dead for like a week and the dog had dug it up. I didn't see that coming. And I was like, and that was like the first, you know, one that they showed. And I was like, I am on board for the rest of this thing. I was like, that was fantastic. But like, I liked the storytelling aspect. Like I said, you could literally just put it as a podcast and it would be just as entertaining. Um, My question to you guys who did watch it on Tubi, are, so, for my own understanding, is the maggot stuff, is that live action or is it also animation? Yeah, yeah well, it also sounds, Corey, like you watched a different episode than we did. Oh, uh, okay. Because we, the, we, we didn't, watched Law and yeah, Disorder. We didn't have that short in ours. Oh. Um, I have seen that episode and seen that one before. Uh, but, yeah, we watched Law and Disorder. Um, episode 8. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Sometimes when like if the link comes over and it's a the playlist or something, yeah, mm. it's okay. But yeah, I watched whatever the first one was on the playlist. So I, I okay. think it was episode three or or whatever. But yeah, I enjoyed so the, the hell out of it. Yeah, the the maggot and the cockroach are live action. Yeah, the like the stop mag- motion or puppets or no, no, puppets. They're puppets. Yeah, yeah. Disgusting like the maggot puppets. is definitely like. Yeah, disgusting yes, puppets. So. <laughs> the maggot is definitely just well, like someone's hand inside yeah, of a, a totally. penis, basically <laughs> talking. But Dean, <laughs> Dean, the the maggot, like the 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 cockroach, is very much a like Jim Henson yeah. uh, inspired type cockroach, where he's very he's blue, he's more cartoonish he's looking. Yeah. But the maggot is very realistic. Yeah. It's totally from like Shivers or you know uh, Existence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. They, yeah, they, e- uh, they even changed the color of slime on the maggot from like scene to yeah. scene. Like one, the first time I saw it, it was like brown, and then it got it became yeah. green and like even more disgusting than before. I thought that's such a nice touch to put the yeah. time into changing how disgusting this thing is looking. And that, it's really cool. I, I mean, as gross as, as it is, it's cool. But and I will tell you, Corey, to piggyback on what you said earlier, uh, the first episode of of the first like yeah, little segment of our episode, it's a it's a spy one. Um, I was like a spy story. I close. You could close your eyes, and I wrote down. This feels like a pad episode. It feels like you and I breaking, breaking down, down a movie <laughs> uh, so, scene by scene because literally it is like scene by scene by scene. And not every uh, not every segment was like that. You know, in, in ours, the the tail end one is a is a musical, mm-hmm. uh, like a doo wop 50s kind of thing. I really like uh, that music, too, by the way. It was like really well yeah. written. Yeah. Every, I, I'm, I was really impressed with how well uh the, the whole all four segments were written. Not all of them were great. I thought the spy one was like a little meh, but the other three were I thought were really good. And again, the, the this one I'm, I was describing, Corey, this guy siphons gas from everybody's cars and then he finds this trailer on the road and he goes to siphon <laughs> and it ends up being the septic yeah, I was gonna line. Say, and, this is like a, a Christmas uh, Christmas vacation, right? Shit or but small. it's so brilliant. Like you, I could like the hook hand one reminded me of Night of the Creeps with the fifties car. Um, you know, they clearly are just taking like urban legend myth stories, but they're but they're making it accessible for a wider audience. Yeah, I really loved. Um the art of, of this show, because a, a lot of it is, you know, your traditional cell um, animation that just looks like it should look right. for the time. But in the second episode, they did all the backgrounds in crayon, it looked like. And it gave such an yeah. interesting and unique flavor to it. It really blew me away. You don't see people using crayon for anything, but it, it really worked and it really fit. And yeah, and then even in the the duop one, like the the way these two characters looked, you know, with their hair, it was so so cool. And yeah, just I love the art style and and the ability to just to change from you know short you know short episode to short episode, just completely change the style of art that you're doing, change the style of story, the voice acting changes dramatically, you know. The, like was mentioned, the last one was a song. They just sang the entire time. There was a lot of effort that went into this show, uh, which is why I think I would have like really dug it at the time. Um, 
but but missed it. But I this is one I think I will go and watch more of because it was just it's really well made. You can tell they put a lot of care into all the aspects of the show. I I don't know if any of us knows the answer for this, but it was it one like art house, like one production studio doing all the different styles or did they like every episode reach out to a different production team or something? Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't for know for the sure. answer to that. Yeah. I, well, let me ask you, Corey, were, were, were there, how many segments were there in your episode? Four. Uh, there were four. I very much enjoyed all four of them. Um, you know, to varying degrees, but I enjoyed all four of them. Uh, I thought some were a little bit freakier than others, and they did have one that was kind of a ripoff of The Simpsons' Treehouse of Horror, where The Simpsons go up into space to get, you know, brought, uh, abducted by Kang and Kodos, and then you have to do the whole cooking for humans or whatever, that whole book thing. Um, there was one that was very similar to that in the one I saw, where people go to, go into space and go to this restaurant, and they, they have their dog with them, and the the aliens are like we can't allow dogs so dog goes around back and then they have this great meal that they love it's the house special oh, no. and then as they're eating it they find out that there's a, a the, the leather collar it, you know comes no. out of the kid's mouth and they all scream and run away but then they show back in the kitchen the dog's there and the secret ingredient was leather like the leather collar <laughs> he's like we can't oh. make more and i was like oh that was that was a fun little twist that's very clever that was yeah. a fun twist i yeah. like that although yeah. i was like but i do think that that kang kodos episode on on uh treehouse of horror was also sort of a ripoff not ripoff but an homage to a twilight zone episode yeah so this might yes. have they, they both might have right. been kind of drawing from the same twilight zone episode but there was one about this um african safari guy that gets like a fucking earwig in his ear and that one was legit terrifying and he was yeah. like in well, pain and everything and it's just it was crazy that's uh, anything related you know S- star trek nailed it so yes well in 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 con uh con. but anything anything con con <laughs> star trek like- did <laughs> Because when you're talking about <laughs> when you're talking about Wrath of Quan, you got and you're talking about Canadian I've never television. Heard say like that you gotta well, put on a accent. You have to pronounce oh, the oh, H. By no. the way, all of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> I want to do a quick callback to Igor because he did a Jimmy Stewart impression in that episode. He did. Like, that that impressions is almost as good as it's mine. A really good job. Really uh, but uh, but Corey specifically were all four segments like were they animated differently yeah. or they did they all look the same? No, no, they they were they were different, but there was nothing in the episodes that I saw as extreme or or dramatic as like crayon backgrounds or you know a whole singing episode. I think that's that's really cool. It kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, we see now in like into the spider verse and stuff like that, where they have all these kind of different, you know, art styles and everything. This one, all four of them had a different style to them, but at the same time seemed very similar. And I do wish okay. I had seen something. Well, I, I wish I'd seen the one you guys saw. Cause that sounds pretty damn amazing. Yeah. That, that uh, last one um, that we got uh, the story about the hook, I've, I actually do have nostalgia for this because when I was, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12, I came across this little book and it was all about these urban myths. And it was just telling the urban myth story in about 15, 18 pages that, you know, a 12 year old could read. But 
they were really, really scary. And I, I loved, you know, reading those stories. And the first uh, chapter was about this, the hook. And uh, Corey, you might be familiar with it, but it's the story of, you know, a couple people or whatever driving in a car or, or making out or whatever. And there's a story about um, like a murderer on the radio that they're listening to. And the murderer has a hook for a hand and they don't really know you know, that they're in trouble. They're just listening to the story. And then when they get home, they realize that the hook is stuck in the car, the bloody hook, like the, the person was there and just about got to their car, but they drove away in time, ripping the hook off. Uh, that was yeah. kind of the idea of this final, um, you know, sketch in, in the show. But yeah, it like they did it in a really, really goofy way. It was a really interesting take because it, it wasn't yeah. scary at all. Uh, they, they completely changed it into something really kind of like comedic and, and weird, but the element of, you know, fright didn't exist at all. So it was this weird combination of, you know, the doo-wop 50s and something that was supposed to be scary, but those are kind of two genres that don't work well together. And they put them together, and I don't know. That, that was just the nostalgia I had. I, I was watching that, and I was like, yeah, that book that I had, I used to love that story. Uh, that was really fun, a really fun story. But uh, Yeah, I remember that story. I don't, I'm, I, don't, I don't think we had the same book, but I remember that story. And, uh, well, I mean, who knows? May, maybe we did. And, I, you know, I appreciated that none of them here, at least in this episode that I saw, went really, like, that dark. They almost, like, they're, they're about to go there. They're about to go dark, right. and then they kind of go – they kind of sidestep it a little bit. And yeah. I kind of appreciated that. I appreciated that they still – they kept in mind who their audience was. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I still felt they were all interesting enough that that I would have – again, I enjoy it now at, at 40 – you know, almost 46. Um, and, you know, and like I said, the you know, some to varying degrees, but that – like if you're not enjoying a segment – it's going to be over in like five or six yeah. minutes. So it, it's kind of moot. Your you're next one, you having four per episode, you got a good percent chance of, of liking at least two or three of them, you know? Right. Yeah. So. And I, I was 12 when this came out. And like Zach had said, like exactly what I was doing was watching an episode and then going to like the schoolyard and telling all my friends the story I had just heard. I had four stories to draw upon now that I could tell all my friends. So it was just, it was so perfect for my age, someone at 12 who couldn't really watch anything that was scary. And so I liked the lighter twist to them where they didn't go dark and they mixed that maybe urban legend that could have been scary in with like right. a doo-wop fifties. That's how they told it. So I wasn't afraid of it and I could just tell the story story to my friends uh so yeah i really appreciated that it uh it was it was able to really just focus on the eeriness of what they were trying to say like the oh coincidence can you believe that this thing happened and uh, that's what i was really like interested in and sharing that with my friends at school is that whole th is that whole this this happened to a friend of a friend of mine is that from something else or is that from this? Because I, I know I, of that. I know it from this. I know of that saying like, oh, this happened to a friend mm. of a friend of mine. But I don't recall watching this show. So I don't know if they. I mean, that that's a popular like kind of, can you know. Uh, Just a popular saying? The, the term that... is 
but a popular saying like, oh, you know, I heard this story happen to a right. friend of mine, or I heard this. So they were just like, playing. You know, they were just th- playing on that, like on the idea of that. I that think. Term. Yeah, yeah, but I like. Okay. Yeah, but I like that they kept it going on yeah. every yeah. thing. Okay, that's cool. And, cool. And I liked how there was. It seemed like there were different um, voice actors for every, at least for all four that I yeah, watched. Same with ours. Um, yeah. Yep. It, yeah. So I I liked that variety. Um, I thought that was really cool, but yeah, and but you know, Zach, like you're saying, I, I like that as well. I like the friend, I heard this from a friend of a friend. I liked, I think I like repetition sometimes in, in my storytelling like that. And I really enjoyed, they also, I noticed they also kind of spun it. Like the guy was like, I, you know, I'm not telling you no lies. I heard it from a friend of a friend. Like it, they didn't, they said the same thing every time, but they kind of, you know, spun it to, to the person who was telling the narr- narrative. So it kind of kept it fresh for me. Um, and without the bumpers with the maggots and everything for me, it just went boom, 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 boom. And I was like, this was sad. This was a very satisfying uh, 16, you know, minutes or, or whatever of, of a thing. I was like, this is really fun. Um, let's just do some final <laughs> thoughts on all three shows, you know, together. Uh, our thoughts on which ones we like the best and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Diallo, kick us off on uh, just the final thoughts on all three of them. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't even remember the names of the first. Uh, obviously, the first, the first <laughs> one, Fr- Frightenstein, uh, Frightenstein, Frightenstein, the Baron Bernsteins. Uh, I, you know, yeah. And then the second one was was cool. The uh, the host actually reminded me of uh, Mark Summers from like with Double Dare. I actually thought it was Double Dare. Baby. I actually thought it was him for like initially because again I didn't know what I was watching. Um, but then I was like, wait, well, that can't be him. Um, and uh, yeah, I liked the the, the last uh, last little deal we watched was great. I actually I really like really enjoyed it. That was the one that I could see if it was on. You know, if I if it was around me when I was. At that time, I probably would have watched it. Um, the, the the game show one too. Like if you know, when I was growing up in the eighties, and if it was on TV, I probably would have watched that one too. I, I watched so many uh, <laughs> yeah. game shows at the time, so it wasn't like I was like very discerning. But I didn't think it was bad or anything either. It was like it was a pretty decent show. So. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Mark Summers because I was a big Double Dare kid. I watched the hell out of that show, and I, I I see that like they both have again complete antithesis of Richard Dawson. They both uh uh, uh what was the name Wayne Cox. Um, they both have this kind of like very wholesomeness to them. You you kind of feel safe around them. It doesn't they don't seem like they're too sleazy, unlike Richard Dawson. But I mean, guys and gals, Richard Dawson is still my favorite, you know, game show host of all time. That's that is Same the, the prices right here. that I grew up on. Yeah. Yeah, or I'm sorry, you, uh, when, uh Family Feud. When he was a contestant on what was that show? Um Match, Match Game. Game that's or, right. uh, yeah. He's one of the panelists there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like he's a stand-up comedian and had a whole bit going on, and I, I, I don't even know. I, I was about to say something really bad, but I won't. So. He's great on Running Man. <laughs> so good. Yes. Zach, uh, final thoughts on all three? I love how different all three of them were, and how they all were from different decades you know 70s 80s and 90s so great selection guys on picking something that's different and outside the box uh and you know it's nice to see just like wacky stuff and it it it, it's another mind-blowing thing to be aside how 
great it is. It's not a plug for YouTube, but it's great that these things are accessible to this day. Like we can still watch all these shows. And if you want to watch the commercials, you can watch those too. But I love that we can find all these shows. And, you know, I've never heard of all of these. So it was great to just watch something different and uh, trip out to it makes me want to watch more game shows now. It makes me want to play those games now. I'm like, hmm, Sybil Shepherd would be a good one to do. <laughs> could you think of 10 things about Sybil Shepherd? Nice. I bet you could. <laughs> uh, and then the Urban Legends, like, Bodie loves creepy stories. Did and he watch that watch one it. at all? No, but I told him about it, and he thought it was cool. I watched all these on my own, but uh, but he's familiar with Amazing Stories, and Amazing Stories kind of has a similar vibe to it, where it's very kid friendly, um, but still can be a little freaky, story. though. I sure can. Animation for some reason kind of makes it a little bit more palatable, I think, for a younger audience. But overall, no, I had a great time watching these shows, and um, just proves once again that. No, it doesn't prove anything. I just said, like, I love watching. <laughs> it did. I'll, I'll, uh, I would say uh, it did make me like want to go back and watch a lot of those old uh, Canadian like educational shows I used to watch when I kind of like I said, it reminded me of uh, like I saw that little bit about Eureka. But then I remember like there was like a show I used to watch called Al TV. Um, there was one uh, today's special there's like oh today's specials great yeah so it did it did like I'll, I'll say I'll say that like that one the first show did like make me kind of get down go down that road of all these shows I used to watch like totally forgot about but they were like you know date TV for me at least in the summers so right yeah. Diallo were those all PBS stuff because I don't have mm-hmm. the same like okay I, I don't think I ever really went to PBS. Yeah, I was uh, I I watched so much. I'm I'm a nerd. I used to watch like that a lot. Like uh, in the summers, they in the Bay Area they called it uh, vacation video, so and they would have all of that uh, educational programming. I mean, they had it when I was sick at home. I'd watch that too. Um, but we got a lot of shows from Canada on PBS. That's how I that's how I first watched uh, Degrassi actually, um, and um, yeah, so. I have, and I, you know, back then I didn't realize it was, I didn't understand production or everything, but I started to pick up like, oh, they say tomorrow differently. And they, <laughs> they always say a boot. And then I kind of realized, oh, that they were from Canada eventually. And uh, yeah, so I, I, but it really did, it did that, watching that first show did spark a memory for me in a way. So I definitely actually want to go back and uh, look up some of those shows and, and uh, revisit them. relive my nostalgia in that way so nice i'll I'll let tim and dean finish it out um i'll just say i had a blast with all three of them i think um uh i might have been a little bit uh uh, the outlier with the frightenstein i i really enjoyed that i i saw the humor in it i enjoyed it um again maybe the stoner in me uh uh, knew what i was i was like i know what i'm watching here i know who this is for it's either for kids (laughs) or it's for stoners it's you know what i mean it's one of the two um the game show was a lot of fun uh mostly i mostly like the 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 fashion by watching older game shows i love seeing people's fashion and and just the the craziness of them trying to 
be, not be racist. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. It's not Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. It's like, okay, Maureen. Okay, settle down. Settle down. Maybe, uh, maybe. De- I'm in love with her husband. I'm in love I'm with, with Denise's husband. <laughs> Denise's husband is hot. It's like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, I, 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 Freaky Stories, I think, was probably <laughs> the, the coolest one out of all of them. And uh, I think, I, I, I think all of us probably agree with that. We all enjoyed that one, but that one was probably my favorite. I was like, that one was really freaking cool. Um, like I said, if you don't like one story or not vibing with the animation style, six minutes and you'll get a whole new one. Like in the fact that they're all different animation styles. And if it is, you know, one production house, like that's gotta be an art director's dream come true. Cause they get to have just fun with it. Um, I liked how they were like stories. So you could just kind of, you almost didn't even have to watch the cartoon. You could just listen to it. I thought that was really cool. Um, also I kind of always have a thing for narration. I always enjoy narration in movies and stuff. So, you know, maybe that kind of, you know, uh, stuck with me. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed all three of these. I had an absolute blast with them. And I think, uh, some, some, I was a little bit surprised with how much fun I had with them. Um, Dean, final thoughts on all three? Yeah, I had a great time with all three of them. Uh, freaky stories I knew that I was going to, you know, really enjoy. It's one that I've just loved since I was 12 years old. So I just, I, I knew that that one was going to be great. Uh, it was really just about picking which episode to watch out of that one. So I, I went with the one that has the musical number at the end because it just shows the variety that the show would, would give you. So I, yeah, I was, I was really pleased with Freaky Stories, but like knew what I was getting. It was the other two that I didn't know what I was going to get into because talk about I, I remember and I bring up that I would watch it all the time, but I haven't actually watched that since I was 10 or 12 years old. So uh, revisiting that and just getting like hooked on it and just watching three hours till like one thirty in the morning because I just keep hitting next, next, next and watching the next contestants come and play. Uh, that was great. Uh, just unlocked so much for me. That set, just seeing the set and all the, yeah, the eighties fashion. It's great. Uh, and then, yeah, also with um, uh, Frankenstein uh, was great. Or sorry, Frightenstein um, was fantastic because <laughs> uh, because that unlocked something as well. That like I didn't, I did not think that I had seen that before until it started playing and I started getting into it. And especially the gorilla, like, oh, I know that for sure. <laughs> so yeah, the watching that was a, was a blast, even though uh, there were times where it was like, what is what is this? What even is this show? Uh, what was, is this? <laughs> I was thoroughly... Malarkey. <laughs> I was thoroughly enjoying it. So yeah, I, I had a great time with all three. Nice, nice. Tim, buddy, what you, what you got final thoughts for us, my man? Uh, Dean, where were you rapid-firing talk about episodes from? Because I went on YouTube and I could only find like one or two, so I want to know where you're watching them because I also want to watch them. They're on YouTube. They're, they're, yeah. yeah, there is a... Uh, there is a playlist, I believe it's, they might be all over the place. Like I wasn't able to watch like the next one and see where those contestants went. I was just kind of watching random ones here and there. Um, but there, you can find like a bunch on YouTube. Okay. Um, all I would say is I would like urge everybody listening to check these shows out, all of them. So talk about on YouTube. The other two are both on Tubi. Um, I just, I find it in incredible that the hilarious house of Frightenstein is on Tubi. all of it it's all there uh you you guys summed it all up perfectly uh the only thing i'll say 
in in closing is that there was one part in the hilarious House of Frightenstein. It's the doctor pet vet, and they have this turtle. Um, it's a bit of a disgusting looking turtle. It's an awesome turtle. It is awesome, but it looks kind of disgusting. It's it's creepy. Well, it's yeah. it's unique. It's a unique turtle. It's not the type of turtle that you typically picture. No. It's a bit different. You know, it's kind it's of prehistoric. Like the, yeah, it's prehistoric. It's the turtle that might not get as much love as a normal turtle. And in that segment, Igor and the pet vet break into singing. Everything is beautiful in its own way. Yes. About this turtle. And at that moment, I burst out laughing and also had my heart melt by like just how Aww. pure these <laughs> these people are being about this turtle. And just that's your message that they're delivering. It's just, you know, it that just that moment summed up my entire experience with that show. So I just wanted to get that in there. Once I kind of got over Pet Fett's face and how much I hated it, I very much enjoyed, and it almost felt improv. It almost felt yeah. like that's not where it was going to go and originally. And just the, the two actors were like, no, this thing is beautiful in its own right. And I, like yep. you, I was like, oh, this is kind of fucking beautiful right now. Like it's a, <laughs> I felt like it was a beautiful moment that might not have been planned. Yep, I agree. I completely agree with that. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for for bringing these to the show. Uh, uh, I mean, you guys, it's, these things are obscure. This is Canadian TV <laughs> Obscura, and uh, you guys did a great, great job um, picking these. Had an absolute blast. Uh, maybe we can figure out a way to do – I don't know how many shows we can draw from, but maybe we can figure out a way to do these uh, every once a year like and have the Action Action guys back, have you guys back, and, and do uh, Canadian TV Obscuras part three and four or something you know, down the road. I'm sure there's more out there. Um, but if people want to hear more of you guys together, and I'll, Dean, I'll also set up uh, Return Revenge Resurrect. If you guys, if people want to hear more of you t guys together, where can we find you, and and what are you guys talking about on your podcast? Uh, well, our podcast is Talking Back. We talk a bunch of retro content, seventies, uh, eighties, nineties, sometimes. You know, some of the 2000s and, and beyond slip in there. But uh, we release a new episode every Monday, and it's movies, comics, video games, and other stuff. And very recently, Dean and I have actually moved into the YouTube zone as well. And if you're into video games, Dean and I are doing something where we play a video game demo... And we try to beat it in 20 minutes. And uh, it's like a Let's Play channel. Uh, we've got a handful of episodes up there. It's called Demo Dash. So if you like Let's Plays, check that out. Uh, we're having cool. a lot of fun with that right now as well. Very cool. Awesome. That's awesome. And Dean, you're talking about uh, horror movies a lot. Uh, where, where can we people hear? <laughs> the fact that you're talking about, I didn't grow up watching horror movies, but now you have a whole horror podcast. Uh, what is that called and where can people find it? 
yeah horror is like my favorite genre of movie now and that just happened like four years ago um so i'm doing all the catch-up now on horror movies but uh the podcast is called return revenge resurrection uh we go through horror franchises so we'll take uh, the franchise and go through every single movie in it one at a time each episode is a different movie in the franchise and then at the end we have a little epilogue episode where we talk about everything about the franchise and you know say goodbye to all the things we loved and you know uh uh, so long to all the things we hated and move on to uh, a new franchise. And uh, those episodes come out on Thursday and it's with my buddy Alex and it's a good time. Nice. And I've been on both of your all shows before and they're always a good time. Uh, Diallo, Galactica, actually, uh, where, where are you guys at right now? Uh, we just got off of New Caprica and we are headed for a version of Earth, um, but that's not going to come for another season. So, yeah, we, uh, we're doing that. Um, actually, just uh, started putting our episodes up on YouTube, so uh, you nice. can look forward to that. If um, Not terribly uh, interactive, but we just have a video version now. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can also find me at uh, another review you didn't ask for. Uh, I started an Instagram uh, for that, uh, where I do really quick reviews of random movies and TV shows and things I see. Uh, I just did uh, Beekeeper last week, so... Um, and Diallo, I got to thank you. You're the one uh, uh, got me to go watch Blue Eye Samurai, and I absolutely adore that show. Uh, yeah. Tim and Dean, if you guys uh, check that out on Netflix, it's like a animated show. Blue Eye Samurai, so good. It's so it's good. on the list. Yeah, I've yeah. been wanting to get to awesome. that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. You can also catch me on TV Obscura if you ever heard of it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's right, baby. You've been on here for uh, Jesus every episode except for the the first one, and then the um, the after Schoolhouse Rocks or no, what was that one called? Yeah, it was in it was last summer, right? Because I remember like I remember like messaging you guys. Oh man, you're like I wanted to be on that one. <laughs> but that's right, Dallas always over here on TV Obscura. Uh, Zach, what? Uh, let's see. Hold on, this is uh, going to be dropping in February. So what you guys got going on uh, in at at $2 late fee and territory marks. Season five premiere of $2 late fee. We've got Weird Science and Suzanne Snyder from Weird Science, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Seinfeld, uh, two episodes. <laughs> of course, she talks about her, her stint on Seinfeld 2. Um, and yeah, Territory Marks, we've got an, an in-person law, in-person interview coming up. Later, that'll be in March, but uh, Paul and I are rocking and rolling with Territory Marks. Got some really cool stuff brewing, so if you're not following us on Instagram, you should because we're going to have some updates on there pretty soon. And um, we also are launching 80s Kids Unite. Yes. That is going to be dropping. We, we previewed it in January. That's the Comic-Con live uh, segment that we did, and we're going to be premiering our first 80s Kids Unite episode on Podcasting After Dark and $2 Lafey platforms uh, around the third week of February. Yeah. So check us out. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, consider becoming one to $2 or pad or both, whatever. And you can submit topic ideas to the show yep. uh, for future. Diallo will be on there. Paul London will be on there. It's going to be good times. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It will be uh, less than 48 minutes. And uh, <laughs> we'll there. But there will be improvising throughout. Yes. Now, that, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for plugging that one. Zach, um, very much looking forward to that one. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys are all going to dig it. But uh, definitely, definitely go check out Talking Back. Go check out Return Revenge Resurrection. Uh, both of them are on the BFOP network, uh, same as Podcast After Dark, so you can, in action, action, and everybody. Uh, so go check them out. Uh, you guys are always dropping great content. I uh, loved the Alien series on Return Revenge Resurrection. And on the uh, Patreon for Talking Back, back i have been enjoying the um the the franchise walkthrough of james bond movies uh because i was never a big james bond fan growing up as a kid so i like to just i'm just going through every episode with you guys and i'm not watching the movies but you know you guys walk through the entire thing anyway so i feel like i don't really have to and i enjoy it that way and i also tim enjoy your star trek episodes i'm hoping to hear some more from the trek boys in the future well, since you mentioned that, we'll get one out for you, Corey. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate we'll it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, we, we love doing those, but yeah, it's been a while. So we'll, I'll get on that. I'll make that happen. And this year, so so real quick, um, kind of just to let you all know, Return of Revenge Resurrection, they go through horror franchises from beginning to end, but also on Talking Back, they will do a theme for an entire year in one episode so last year it was ninjas so every month there was a ninja episode i was on one of those and then this year it's all um time travel stuff so i really enjoyed you guys like sort of having these thematic overarching things sort of happening and everything so go check them out thank you and as always Catch you on the Canadian side. On the Canadian side. side. Let's try. Let's take two. <laughs> take do that two. again. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike hilarious House of Frightenstein, we'll do a second take on that. Oh yeah, do it again. Oh. <laughs> okay. Three. Let's two, do it in the counts one. voice, Dean. <laughs> there you oh. go. Yes. Three, yeah. two, one. Catch, Catch you, you on, on the Canadian, the Canadian side. side. I'll either try to sync that up or it'll just be a nightmare. That was worse. I think it's pretty amazing. (laughs) I loved it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being on the show. (laughs) Of course, man. Thanks, Corey. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer.
I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs> Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>